Anyhow, listeners, this is the Inciting Moment podcast, episode three. Unfortunately, today, we are missing a person. That missing person in question is James. He had some last-minute things come up that he had to tend to, so he will not be joining us today. With that said, uh, we're going to have a little bit of a bite-sized episode today. Not as much uh, recent news that we felt compelled to discuss, unless we're talking about uh, the revamping of a anthropomorphic uh, cartoon character, um, which I can't believe that's what people are pissed off about at the moment. Uh, it says a, it says a we, lot about society. I think it does, and I think uh, the reason they were angry uh, is kind of telling of what their actual uh, attitude towards the character was. Uh, we are, of course, talking about the ever-memorable, for uh, potentially the wrong reasons, uh, animated character from the 90s hit animated film Space Jam. That character, of course, being Lola Bunny. Uh, there is a sequel coming out for Space Jam, which will be released on HBO Max, and, uh, some artwork, I guess, uh, from the film was released, and people didn't like how Lola was, let's say, simplified, in a way. <laughs> I mean, let's be fair here, the fact that they're making a sequel to Space Jam it already proves the death of Hollywood creativity, if anything else. So, <laughs> I mean, just, just, just hearing the sentence, hey, there's going to be Space Jam 2 is horrific enough, let alone people, you know, arguing over proportions to a character such as this. Are you telling me you don't want to see Don Cheadle as a terrible, terrible AI character, Sam? <sighs> I mean, yeah. I mean, well, I... <laughs> I I don't know. Honestly, I can't really form thoughts for it. Like just the, just the fact that Space Jam Space Jam Two exists is still like this foreign entity in my brain. I've yet to acknowledge. You know what I'm saying? Are, are so, you telling my me? My brain is is going through a lot of mental equations because of what just came out of Scott's mouth. What are you talking about? Are you telling me that you're not excited to see a movie where they cross over with other Warner Brothers properties? Oh, we're going to get Matrix references? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Oh, God. And really? Casablanca. And, oh. Oh. and potentially Godzilla. Oh, no, no. Wait, which one? I don't know. Probably I've only read that they're crossing over with uh, different Warner Brothers properties, but they haven't told okay. us exactly what they're having in it. Got you. Oh, All right. Well, I mean... If it's the recent one, I'm I'm fine with that. But I can't remember if that was actually Warner Brothers or not. Was it? That's legendary. Okay. Oh no. Well, let's, let's be fair. Like, does that three leave the '98 one? Was that Warner Brothers? Maybe I can't remember off the top of my head. It might oh, have I been. Mean, well, now we have proof that God is dead and we killed him. Congrats. Yeah, we did it. And uh. uh people getting angry over the desexualization of a uh, Lola bunny uh, is proof that uh, humanity is also putting salt in the wound uh, because that is what the source of the hatred was all about. Uh, she isn't as sexy as she was in the original film. Quote, unquote sexy. It, yeah. To try yeah. to 
<laughs> it's a Greek tragedy. It, Hubris will it, be the it, end it, of this. It was one of those moments where it's just like uh, the the studio was like, okay, make her sexy, but not too sexy. You know what I mean? Middle ground stuff like I that. Mean, I'll be, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I don't. I don't from what I remember about Base Jam, I don't remember her having like a, a really a, like a personality or interesting character. I just remember being her being the the female bugs essentially, and yeah. being good at basketball. You know, so it's like I don't know. It just seems like a very simple thing to just freak out over. It it just doesn't make much sense. She well, was basically the telling... eye candy in that movie. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's very telling that they're getting angry over the desexualization because it kind of goes to show that for a lot of people who liked the original Space Jam, it uh, goes to show they really only liked her because of her uh, sexual appeal. Assets. Because of her assets. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, uh, just... kind of makes you appreciate how later on in a later looney tunes uh properties they uh they they changed that they actually made her a character <laughs> it makes me appreciate that i never saw the original space jam so i wasn't <laughs> influenced oh scott you were on a podcast talking about films and you don't have the audacity no you have the audacity to not have watched space jam i have the I'm audacity to not watch terrible films Space okay. Jam, whether you like it or not, is a cultural impact that very few movies have ever been able to achieve. Same with The Scott. Mask 2. What are you talking about, though? Okay. Scott, I, I rarely say opinions are objectively wrong, but Scott, you are wrong. <laughs> First of all, The Mask 2 never happened. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know what you're talking about. So, First of all, you're crazy. And not not classifying Space Jam up there with, like, Citizen Kane and The Matrix is just, I don't know. I, I've heard some, that's not very based. That's not very based of you, is what I'm trying to say. Indeed. Uh, anyway, go back to, I guess, the quote-unquote serious aspect of this little discussion about the whole Lola Bunny thing. I don't know, I just feel like it's, uh, what's the phrase? Seeing smoke but no fire, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, making a mountain it, out of a molehill, I think, could yeah, be another that, that, appliable one. It's like, so so what? It's a character redesign. That's really, that's what it is. All right, basically, what you're complaining about is like saying the tits was essential to the character, which is just silly. You, you, I think my guess, it's, it's, it's this worry that like subsect of people who are worried like over-cancelization or not, not over-cancelization, just like, uh, how do you describe it? Ian, help me out here. I, I, oh, I don't oh, 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 I think I know what you're getting at. Uh, uh, th th this this uh, overly exaggerated group of people who are perhaps overly paranoid of um, uh, uh, political correctness? Yes, that, that's, that's how I would describe okay. it. Okay, yeah, and I would have to say that that can be a legitimate concern. And I've seen a lot of... Uh, people who are uh, a bit like that i mean case in point there are some youtube channels where uh, the whole thing if you go on their channel and you look at their videos uh just about every week there are at least four videos where uh they are slamming and i mean slamming one person in particular that person being brie larson brie larson 
All because back when Captain Marvel came out, she said things that could be deemed overly PC, I guess. And, I, I mean, in some cases it came off as a little, I guess, snooty, I suppose. But people have, like, held on to that and they just won't let it go. <laughs> And it's like you're giving her even more publicity by talking about her. So it's not even like you're doing people a favor. So that is a legitimate concern. I can see where you're coming from with that. But uh, given that we are talking about radical redesigns of uh, pre-existing material, uh, Sam, you and I were talking recently and uh, you... You saw a movie that kind of deals with that. Uh, you you want to enlighten us on what that is? Oh, it's a <clears throat> it, it's a film by one of the the greats in Hollywood. You you might have known. I think he's the, the patron saint of the Church of Uwe Ball. Um, okay. W. S. Anderson's latest magnum opus, Monster Hunter, mm. starring his wife, in which he proudly proclaims in every film he puts out. Mila Jokovic, which is a fun name yeah. to say. I, I might, I, I will add, is a very fun name to say. Um, yes, I don't, it just I don't, rolls off the tongue. I feel like in this case, I will begin with the positives of what I saw in that movie, and then we can go to okay. the broader. We'll, we'll probably save the broader discussion for what we, you know, want out of a, uh, a, a adaptation and stuff like that in terms of video games and movies and books and movies and whatnot. But goods of the Monster Hunt movie. Monster Hunter movie, as a person who has played a little bit of the Monster Hunter games, not all of them, I'll be honest, but mostly just Monster Hunter World. I don't know if you mm -hmm. guys have played much Monster Hunter. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Played a bit. Um, I've been around the bend. It, the He nailed the aesthetics. He nailed it. For the actual Monster Hunter aspects, He, I think he really did a good job in the design of the monsters and the design of the armor and the weapons. I, I, I think he really has, and I think this is in a lot of his films, he, he has the eye to capture the aesthetic mm -hmm. but i think that's as far as it really goes in terms of other positives miljokovic i'm not going to say like this is an awful role or a magnificent role this isn't the best she's ever done or the worst she's ever done by any stretch of the imagination uh i think she's serviceable and mm -hmm. i think that's the best aspect of miljokovic like she has she doesn't really have a lot of highs or lows she's just good enough for the role for the most part yeah, the common theme seems to be that she's um, serviceable, and uh, very few times does she really get out of just being that. Uh, but I, I, I think she did overall a decent job in this movie of playing that fish out of water in, in this new quote-unquote Monster Hunter world, because I don't think they even name it in the movie as the Monster Hunter world. They just name it as the new world or the old world. I can't remember exactly. Um, other positive is is her relationship with the person she meets in this new world, a, a native of the land, is probably the best part of the movie because I think they did it really well. And it was a, it actually felt like a natural growth of a friendship and trust over the time in which they were initially hostile to each other, but like after battling each other and battling monsters, they gained this mutual respect. I don't know. It, it was I, I feel like there was very good development in that in that aspect, and I think the aesthetic and that part of the movie is the best part of it. And there's very good aesthetics and some decent characters in there. Surprisingly, the, the native, the guy who plays the native effing killed it. Like that was the, that was the, basically the standout role 
<laughs> was that guy because he, he 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 managed to express a lot of emotion in a character that doesn't know a single word of English until Mia come Mia, Mia Jokovic's character come along and teaches him a little bit of English. Okay, uh, and that's where the good end. <laughs> oh, yeah, because uh, oh, holy crap, dude! <laughs> yeah, I, f- full uh, full disclosure. Uh, I did not see the whole movie, but I did get around to uh, watching. Oh God, what, what was it like? The first half hour, forty five minutes. I I can't remember. Um, and I'll go into details on where uh, where where I stopped at. Uh, mm-hmm. But that, of course, when we get into more spoilery stuff. Um, yeah, a lot of what you were talking about right now. Uh, <laughs> I I agree to a certain point. Um, again, uh, Mila jo- uh, jo- 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 Jehovah's Witness. Stalinovich. Um, <laughs> Stalinovich. Uh, yeah, serviceable. Not terrible. Uh, kind of in line with her, um, previous, uh, endeavors and stuff her like that. Sheet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, I guess there were a couple... Uh, moments where I'm like, oh, okay, you know, in 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 a uh, in a situation like this, uh, I thought it was filmed okay. Uh, it it didn't have some of the like terrible editing moments of um I think the very last Resident Evil movie, which was so ADD. It okay. hurt. Ian, I'm gonna stop you there, and the only reason is because that's that's an entire discussion by itself for those movies. <laughs> Yes, eventually. <laughs> I think we 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 all have a lot to say about those movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I do apologize for interrupting, but that's no, I that's gotcha. a, that, that's a, that's another thing right there. That's another discussion. Uh, well, let me ask you this, Sam. Uh, do you agree with me on the viewpoint of uh, how? If you were to uh, remove a particular element that was kind of shoehorned into the movie, that being um, the military, uh, do you think it really would have changed much if that was removed? Well, that's kind of a difficult question because I feel like if you take away the military, I think the better question would be instead of the military aspect, the whole world, new world aspect. Mm-hmm. Because I, I think if she wasn't already military trained, just based on what I've seen in the movie, I don't think she would have lasted as long as she did. Yeah, because c- c- the uh, the the whole premise of the movie is that okay, you got these military people and they get transported into the monster hunter world where there's a bunch of these monsters and stuff like that. Okay, kind of seen similar things before, getting some like Stargate kind of vibes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, much less sci-fi and all that. The, the only thing, though, is, I mean, first off, uh, United States military, uh, as you can probably guess, was never a element of any of the uh, Monster Hunter games. And uh, considering how the games, while they're not the most narratively uh, driven games, they still have their cases of world building uh, mm-hmm. to the point where it's just like, why not just have it already set in the monster hunter world and just have it be a group of adventurers that have to fight the monsters? Because here's the thing. 
very quickly, I was wondering, okay, you have these military men and stuff like that with modern day weapons, machine guns, mm-hmm. 50 mm-hmm. caliber, uh, rocket launchers. Uh, there are some firearms in the Monster Hunter games, and they do quite a bit of damage if you land a hit with them. Uh, mm. they do jack shit in this movie. Yeah. Like, jack shit. They tickle the monsters. At best. Precisely. And it makes me wonder, it's just like, so you mean to tell me that rocket launchers, fifty caliber machine guns, assault rifles, they don't do shit to these monsters. Mm-hmm. And yet, when they gain access to such weapons as, for example... A giant sword made out of giant monster bones, which granted, sure, are sharpened. You mean to tell me that that's where the big hits come from? Well, it's, it's even funnier because in the movie, they're downsized so the actors can actually, you know, pick them up because in the game, yeah. it's like three times the size of the person. So it makes oh, even yeah. less sense. But I, I'm willing to let it go because the designs of the weapons were pretty sweet. <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess for the moments where it does fully cater to the uh, Monster Hunter-oriented stuff, I, I guess fans can enjoy it. It's not, you know, uh, it, it doesn't have a whole lot of room for um, fans to be disappointed because they, quote-unquote, bastardized it. Mm-hmm. Which I feel, in, in some cases, and uh, I know we're going to save that for a different discussion, but... Uh, some of the Resident Evil films kind of did that where, you know, they're not exactly the most, um, I guess, faithful in a way. Not, another film uh, comes to mind when I think about bastardization. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Warcraft. Uh, I don't uh, have a lot to say on that, mostly because I never played Warcraft and I haven't seen the movie. So I, I have no I have no viewpoints on that. I, uh, I saw the movie and uh, I wanted to see it as its own thing obviously because you know it's a movie it should stand on its own and not be exclusive for people who played the games mm-hmm. um i was not impressed but yeah it, it it follows more along the lines of like warcraft one okay. lore as opposed to like the world of warcraft again that's uh, that's that's gonna be our adaption talk right there yeah most mm-hmm. because warcraft stuff is for nerds Reginald oh, stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, back back to Monster Hunter. Um, I'm going to talk a little spoilery for this next little section, if that's okay. Ah, yes. Spoilers so, for Monster Hunter. Okay. So, very good declaration. Okay. Thank, thank God you. I have decent health care. Uh-huh. Be- because the tonal whiplash in that movie nearly broke my damn neck. <laughs> oh, holy hell. Seriously, man. It, it, it's You get yeah. the introduction to the Monster Hunter movie where it starts in the in the uh, Monster Hunter world and, you know, the, the, the ship gets attacked by Diabolus. Okay, cool. It's adventure-esque. It's not, like, super horror or anything, you know? It's just, okay, there's Diabolus. They attack the ship. Okay, very adventure Cool. Then you get the military aspect with Mila Yankovic. Uh, and it's okay, military-esque movie, kind of reminiscence of, like, something you'd maybe, I don't know, seen a, like, a Michael Bay-esque film, like, Transpor- uh, Transformers. And they all of a sudden hit, you know, they find the storm, and they get sucked up into this new world. 
I'm okay, still keeping with the adventure vibe. Cool. They build up the characters a little bit, you know, that you get a little camaraderie between you and her team. And you, know, you, you for the most part, it's serviceable. You, you get an idea that she's the leader, you know, they follow her along. And that, 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 that's, it's actually fairly good. I liked it. It wasn't too forced anyway, except for, you know, one or two things, but again, not too bad. But God, the, the first night they spend in the new world and all of a sudden those spider, uh, spider monsters attack and it goes from zero <laughs> to 100 and the snap yeah. in, in, in a moment. One guy gets shoved through with a, uh, a stinger and it's like, wait, 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 what movie are we watching? And <laughs> after that fight scene where they're both like, as we, you were saying earlier, their bolts do nothing. And they get all get captured. And Mia you know, like she wakes up in a cocoon. And I'm thinking to myself, like, is this aliens? Are we watching aliens right now? Because <laughs> this is, what the heck? And I, I, honestly, I think those spider um, monsters are from a previous game that I haven't played. So, like, I, I didn't know if it was actually part of the Monster Hunter universe or not. But gosh, th- there's a moment during that, that scene where they're in the underhive of these spiders. And one of her, uh, her second in command goes up to her. It's like, oh, God, get me out of here. You know, and spiders just burst from them. I'm like, oh, holy shit, what movie am I watching? <laughs> like, is this, is, am I watching Eight-Legged Freaks or Acnophobia? What is going on? And then after that scene, it kind of, it just goes back to like, almost like a, a buddy movie with her and the native guy. And it turns into adventure again. I'm like, holy crap. Like uh, my neck hurt because I'm like, wait, what, 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 what? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I have seen a film that was this tonally inconsistent uh, since the Star Wars prequels. Honestly, Uh, because it's funny how you bring up the whole spider thing. That was actually around the point that I stopped watching it because originally I uh, I hooked up my laptop and watched it on uh, on the TV because uh, I was uh, out on vacation with my parents uh, at mm-hmm. a resort and stuff like that. And I put it on, on the laptop because I'm like, oh, yeah, I figured I'd throw on this thing. It's uh, based on a video game or whatever. It's like a fantasy action-adventure movie and stuff like that. And, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it gets to the point where uh, right before that moment comes up, we uh, pause the movie because um, we got our dinner. Mm-hmm. Perfect and uh, we start eating around the table in the uh, room where the TV was at. And, uh, you know, characters are waking up, finding uh, their brothers in arms, uh, completely wrapped up in cocoons, and uh, having having spiders burst from outside of their bodies. Yeah. <laughs> and my just... mom immediately went, ah, let, put something else on. I don't blame her, man. I almost wanted to stop. I'm like, okay, whoa, I did not pay for this. Yeah, so I turned it off and I threw on Mm -hmm. something else. uh, And I just, because I was so uninvested with it going back, I I, I didn't finish it. I completely forgot that I was watching the movie. Shit. (laughs) Dinner-worthy scene. This is just another one of those, you know, it came and it went sort of movies honestly yeah because i mean sure it, it has you know things that i'm sure monster hunter fans can get behind it looks the part which is always nice when you're adapting stuff like this uh it, it just makes you wonder though i i really 
think it should have had a one a better script because it's very standard uh and tonally inconsistent as we have gone into very great detail on mm-hmm. uh and i'm not gonna lie i think of all people i don't think paul anderson should have directed this i really don't hey better him than Uwe ball that's true. If I had to choose between the two video game movie directors, I would definitely choose uh, Anderson. It's just... <sighs> if I can go on on a slight tangent before we move on after this uh, wonderful mm-hmm. little flick. Uh, Paul W.S. Anderson, he has a interesting filmography. He has his little uh, gems that are always neat to go back to. Uh, he was responsible for the original Mortal Kombat movie, um, as well as, so bad uh, it's good. Death Race. Yes. And, uh, Death Race, the original one anyway. I don't know about the, uh, straight to DVD sequels, but I know he did that one pretty all right. You know, they're, they're, they're solid. They're not terrible. They're, they're actually a lot of fun, depending on what you look for in movies. The problem is that eventually he came around to like, just doing resident evil and a couple of other things and it's just i feel like he slipped into the groove and said oh so so i can just do more of these and i get tons of money okay he's got a niche you know yeah he has his niche but i i think he he kind of gave up on uh i don't know doing his own kind of uh art and stuff like that, because he also was responsible for Event Horizon, which, the way it was released, not the most solid film, okay. but it has its, you know, intriguing elements, and uh, you can tell both in terms of behind-the-scenes information, but also in the movie itself, he actually cared about that movie, and I can see that. All jokes aside, like, no, you know, no, no, no banting whatsoever that probably is his magnum opus his events horizon it's even with the the studio being an absolute piece of crap and butchering the what could have been it, it was, mm-hmm. from what i've seen it it, it was good <laughs> it was it, it's a very good film highly recommended event horizon maybe we'll talk about it one of these little sessions oh yeah i'd be down for it uh speaking of recommendations uh sam <laughs> do you recommend monster yeah. hunter Oof. <laughs> <laughs> that's a big question to ask. I know, that's a very that's a very very queer answer. Um so it's a brief uh, overview of, of I felt and it's uh, most of it's gonna be recap. So the good the good aspects is good aesthetic. It, it does capture some of the aesthetic of the game very well. Mm-hmm. Some pretty decent action scenes. Because I, I feel like WS uh, Paul uh WS Anderson is at least pretty consistent. Okay, never mind. I'm I'm thinking about the uh, later uh, Resident Evil movies. Those weren't very good. But he can be yeah. decent at action scenes. He, he can be. He shows, oh, some, yeah. shows some confidence for the most part. Um, mm-hmm. The monsters had a very good design. Spiders were a bit overkill. <laughs> but good camaraderie. And there, was some, there were some good moments. Um, oh, I forgot. I even forgot freaking... Uh, 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 what's his name? Crap. Uh, the guy who plays Hellboy. Uh, Ron Perlman's. Oh, in there. Ron Perlman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he he was he was decent. I I don't think I don't think he was phoning it in. I he he at least gave an ounce of effort. I'll give him. Yeah, Ron he, Perlman. At least from what I've seen, he's pretty professional. 
Yes. Uh, and a lot of B movies, surprisingly. Um, yeah, and I think he likes that. But I mean, yeah, it, it it it's it's an overall. It's not a great movie by any stretch of the imagination. It's still mm-hmm. fun. It, most of it is still fun to watch. But holy crap, that I I, I almost can't recommend it just because the ending alone. Mm. It's an absolute non-ending. <laughs> it's it's you told me about. It's ending. like they it, it's like they got rid of the ending. And just put sequel bait, but forgot to actually end the movie. Right. It's, <laughs> uh, I, I I could talk about that for a while, but I'm just gonna end it. Um, it's it's a fun film. It, it's not great. It's it's pretty bad, but uh, the, I think the good aspects. If, if you want to get drunk on a Friday night and watch a, a weird film, I think Monster Hunter is a good a good example of a movie you could watch. But I, I honestly just can't. I can't recommend it. Honestly, it's just mostly because of the ending. I just, I just mm-hmm. can't. It's, it's, it's. There's some good aspects to it, but yeah, no, I'm sorry. It does not get a recommendation, and it, I, I honestly hate doing that to a movie because you know people did put effort into it. There, there, there was some, like I said, some good parts. It's just, just that ending. It just well, gets, Scott, it, let me ask you this, buddy. Uh, from how we've been talking about it, do you feel inclined to watch the Monster Hunter movie? I mean, I'm going to see it uh, just to see how bad it is. It's just a matter <laughs> of when I see it. Yeah, well, it, it, does, it doesn't take priority, I think, is what you're trying to say. Mm-hmm. It will, depending on events, but yes, I do see what you're saying. I'm just saying... If like he remakes Events Horizon and tries to get his full version up, I'm down. Um, oh so, yeah, I, oh, quick, I see quick, that. Quick thing too, surprisingly violent movie too. It actually gets very graphic. I mean, obviously we kind of described with the spider scene, but there's other parts where it gets quite not necessarily bloody, but like kind of disgusting in terms of the fight scenes. I kind of liked it how visceral it was because that, that that's, that's something I I'm kind of glad he added to the movie in the sense of I mean. In in the Monster Hunter world, these monsters aren't technically like, terrifying. Like you don't see swaths of people dying, but in in like not quote unquote real life, if these if these monsters were real, they would be shredding us. <laughs> oh yeah, it, it it makes me wonder if uh, because Monster Hunter, like the actual series, uh, was never known for being graphic. super graphic. I mean, it has its moments, but it's not that violent of a series. Um, mm-hmm. It makes me wonder if uh, Paul W.S. Anderson uh, pitched, um, oh God, is it Bandai Namco that does uh, fucking Monster it's Hunter? Capcom. I don't know. Capcom. Capcom. They, they pitched it to Capcom and uh, they, they gave them like a, a, a more kiddie script. And then when they got the approval, they're like, okay, whip out the big boy one. Okay. Uh, I can't remember what the actual rating of the movie was. If it was rated like R or whatnot, I, mean, I think it was just it's rated. Gotta B. be rated R. Uh, maybe you'd be surprised what people can get away with, <laughs> as long That's as it doesn't true. have sex or nudity. They can they, they can get or with a too many fucks. PG thirteen movies can get away with one fuck. Yes. So, it it mm. it it's, it's there could been a, there could have been a great movie in there somewhere. I just I don't oh, know yeah. where there could the line. But yeah, that, that's Monster Hunter for you. Yes. Now, to wash the the filth from our mouths, the aftertaste, why don't we talk about a uh, a recent film 
that we watched as part of our film recommendation rotation that uh, Sammy Boy over here uh, mm-hmm. recommended in the previous episode. Uh, that being the 2015 film Infinity. Sammy Boy, do you mind giving us just a brief overview of what this movie is about? Plot-wise, I assume you're saying, of course. Um, <laughs> the, the 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 very brief synopsis of it is there's a mining station off in the far distance of space, in which goes dark, and there's a, a team sent to uh, a search and rescue team sent to. The, there to find a specific man and stop a payload from exiting the station. And that's the mm-hmm. that's a very very oversimplified summary of what happens, but that's the basis of it. Yeah. the The main character is a guy named uh, Oh my god, Whit Whit Carmichael. Whit Carmichael, thank you. Holy crap! And he is stuck on the station. And that, that's and like I said, that's a, that's a horrible way to describe it. But it's it's badass. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty badass movie, and uh, I'm actually curious how, how how did you come across this film? Did you just see it one time on like uh, Netflix or something? Yeah, that's essentially exactly what happened. My twin and I were just looking at movies on Netflix, and we just, we wanted to try something new that we'd never seen before, and we saw this film that it called Infinity. And we're like, ooh, what's this? And we thought when we first looked at it that it was a very generic sci-fi, like literally the sci-fi channel, sci-fi film, low budget to hell. And it would be just like an awful, like a zombie, uh, like a a space zombie movie. And what we got was so much deeper than that and so different from that that we just fell in love with it instantly. And I think we watched it like the next day again, just like almost proved to ourselves (laughs) it existed. (laughs) And uh, knowing what you look for in movies, I can totally see how uh, you you really gravitated towards this. Because, my goodness, this actually was pretty uh, surprising. I I am actually currently, uh, because I pulled up the IMDB page just for some more info, just in case. Mm -hmm. uh, I am looking at the poster. Yeah, not not the most uh, impressionable of uh, images. Uh, but I mean, the, the thing is, once you look past uh, the surface, it is a surprisingly uh, well-crafted uh, movie done none other than by the Australians, if I remember correctly. Yes, I think it's the only Australian film I've seen that I know of. <laughs> so, yeah, Australians, keep doing what you do, because that, that's amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Scott, overall, what was your what was your opinion of the film? Uh, the very beginning, like, confused me. Like, I blinked, and then like everyone started dying, <laughs> so I had to rewatch the scene <laughs> no, um, I get you. to make sure that I wasn't just seeing things. Um, I liked the concept, but I just I thought it was a pretty okay movie. Okay. Man, you are good at being wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, Yeah, Ian, continue. I'm sorry for interrupting, but I just wanted to hear Scott's thoughts on it real quick. Just like an overview. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Well, to kind of go off of the whole thing where, uh, yeah, the the, the, uh, beginning of the uh, movie where uh, Wit, um, he's part of some kind of... uh, 
I think it's a military PMC, something like that, corporation? I don't know. Uh, he's part of something, and they have this whole gimmick called slipstreaming, which essentially is uh, similar in concept to Lightspeed from Star Wars, except it's instantaneous, and uh, you move, not the ship. In fact, you don't need a ship at all. Yeah, it's uh, pretty and what awesome, essentially right? What happens <laughs> is that... Uh... <laughs> yes. Um... The, uh, the the thing about slipstreaming is that um, <clears throat> it has to be coordinated because apparently, uh, according to the film, uh, it can have some severe backlash Mishaps. depending on how you do it and stuff like that. And uh, wh what happens is that Wit, after, uh, you know, uh, going off to work, but not before uh, telling his wife, hey, I'll be coming back home. Don't you worry. Mm -hmm. uh, it's his first day in this new position i honestly don't even know if they say what the position is but it's his first day mm -hmm. and what happens is that in another room there is a slipstream i guess coordination room where there's a team of uh soldiers that are being sent to uh the outpost that uh, you mentioned in the uh, mm -hmm. little synopsis and uh the whole thing with slipstreaming is that apparently uh you you zip out there, and mm -hmm. time apparently flows differently. Because uh, like for black hole shenanigans, yeah, black hole shenanigans stuff like that. I think that's what it is. And what happens is that literally seconds later, the team uh, returns as they should. But for some reason, uh, they they're suffering from the uh, little um, issue of psychosis. And absolutely, and they dementia. begin. Yes. <laughs> And they begin killing their own uh, uh, members left and right. The the compound is going on lockdown because apparently uh, whatever it is, it's some kind of infection and they're trying to keep it from spreading. And uh, Wit is stuck in the room and uh, him and a couple other people, uh, they don't want to get killed and all that. So they do what's called dirty jumping or whatever, <laughs> where it... they used a, a illegal um like conduit or something to shoot him uh somewhere else which uh as it turns out was the outpost and uh following that that's when the main group of uh other soldiers go to the outpost to try and save him and uh they realize that uh there is some much 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 deeper shit on that station <laughs> Yeah, because in the future, the only after the, after learning from the coronavirus, the only quarantine they do is lethal. <laughs> <laughs> yes, lethal quarantine. Which at that point, um, I don't think you really call that quarantine. <laughs> Extermination. Uh, and essentially, virus. what happens is that uh, there is another uh, passenger on the station that was infected by something, and in the movie, we don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. um, and this guy, he attacks the crew. Uh, and in the ensuing scuffle, his blood is splattered all over the crew. And all of a sudden, uh, including Wit, uh, but to a lesser degree, he only got a little speckle of it on him. Mm. Uh, they begin going insane uh, on differing and, levels. They process and antics ensue. Oh, <laughs> yes. So. Yes. Yes. That, yeah, so that's, uh, you did a much, I, I do apologize, that, that is a much better synopsis of the movie than what I gave. I just gave, like, a sentence <laughs> no or two. Um, 
Yeah, so what I liked about this movie. Mm -hmm. I just... Where do I start? I think I, it really does come down to the concept, first of all. It's I, I like how it wasn't what I... It, it wasn't what I was expecting. Because, like I said, I, inspect, I expected a like a space zombie horror movie with an incredibly low budget. And yes, I got the low budget. But man, it, it just felt like it was uh, it was more. It was more than that. It was it, it, because uh, spoiler alert: there's no space zombies. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was it was a lot no. more of a psychological space thriller than it was going to be than it is like a pure horror movie. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I really liked about it. Because yeah, what what really sold this psychological part is the actors. The actors had to do a very specific type of. I guess I just straightforward acting to make this space psychosis stuff work. And I think they really pulled it off. And I think it was really uh, for the low budget, the editing and the set design really reflected what they wanted to do with the film. And I thought it was very cool. It's just, it basically has what I want in a sci-fi movie, cool concepts, cool tech, like that instant transportation stuff. That shit's cool as hell. <laughs> That's yeah. That's I thought cool. the slipstreaming was cool. It just seemed like uh, they they did not explore it enough. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I thought that whole dirty jumping whatever thing would have come into play later on, or something about slipstreaming would have uh, played into what happens later on. But uh, nah, it it was literally just there to uh, essentially be as a means for the crew as well as wit to be thrown onto that station yeah so yeah. and so just as a bulletin thing for what i liked cool sci-fi stuff just so cool technology cool locations they're on a, a they're isolated in some foreign research facility on a moon so far away that it, it's almost it might as well be in another universe you know i love that stuff i love it that's some good sci-fi oh, yeah. stuff mm -hmm. delicious and it's just you know just a cool story in general very nice i i will admit it's not a perfect movie I'll, I'll bite what I've been saying because, mm -hmm. oh my God, <laughs> the exposition's awful. <laughs> a little bit. It's pretty bad. It's like, okay, slips ring. It's a thing. And they do it in text draw. And you know how I like that show don't tell stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. But it's literally a text crawl. And it's like, oh yeah, slipstreaming. World is poverty. Yeah, and I was like, oh, yeah, the whole okay, poverty cool. thing. What I, I don't even think that really played it into it, aside from the fact that Wit had to do like a uh, more dangerous than usual job. Yeah, and the thing is, we don't even really know what his job was. <laughs> like, they, no, they, 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 you were you were down on the money on that. It's like they don't really go into too much detail. But as as you know, so that that's a problem with it. It's, it's this expedition. Of course, some of some of it does look cheap, like uh, the settings. It, it, I mean. You know, mm -hmm. they, they had a budget. and But honestly, fight those negatives, I think they really worked around it and created a very unique sci-fi film that I think is very enjoyable and I think everyone should watch. Uh, to, to slip into a little bit of, slip stream uh, little bit of the... Uh, <laughs> Slipstream into the uh, spoilers for um, Infinity. When, when it came to the exposition, I, I don't know if this technically falls into it, but... How did you feel about how the actual, um, you know, antagonist in air quotes uh, was developed 
and uh, uh, realized as time went on. Uh, I I'm thinking mainly of when uh, uh, Wit made it into that infirmary room and he found all those jars of, uh, uh, at least how it's described, frozen primordial ooze. I actually ooze. thought it was a very, very cool concept. Because what, what the quote-unquote bad guy ends up being is the, the entire planet that the the station is on was mined for this this combustible energy source and this energy source turned out to be an alien life form so the whole planet's made out of this primordial ooze life form that evolves at an incredibly quick rate so what happened was the, the miners in the station were exposed to this alien organism that kind of took over the body of these miners but in doing so it 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 acted because it's primordial ooze it hasn't really developed higher level functioning it just did what it knew what to do you know what i mean like knew what it it it, it, it followed its instincts so it, it did it would take over these people and not necessarily harvest but kind of communicate itself through their negative emotions or their base instincts to fight kill and that kind of stuff you know right and because of that uh it, it almost uh causes its host to regress to its most visceral and like i guess uh primal uh state which is something that uh the the cast did a very good job of uh capturing without going a uh, full uh ook ook monkey mode kind of uh, <laughs> yeah. primal if you know what i mean but it, it only knew how to harvest these negative emotions like the negative instincts of just like fight and kill and destroy and just be the only one um, what, what, what did you think, Scott, of the of, of the organism, as we'll call it? I liked the ooze a lot. It was really neat that it basically, like, influenced the human uh, hosts, as you will. Yeah, so, mm -hmm. in, in it, I, I, and that's what I first thought was, was going to be space zombies, because, you know, you see these people on the, the trailer, and they're all crazy and whatnot, but it, it turns out, you know. It turns out it wasn't just a space zombie situation. Um, mm -hmm. But man, that weird origin story for Ivan Ooze, I gotta say. Uh, <laughs> wasn't wasn't oh, expecting yeah. a prequel to a Power Ranger movie here. But no, I thought yeah. it, I, that, it was just a very cool concept. And you, you don't see that too often. You know, because you get like alien life forms, of course, like, you know, from, of course, the cl classic aliens. But it was just a very different kind of quote unquote enemy. Yeah, and I'm actually looking something up because uh, there was a movie that uh, came to mind that when I was watching this movie, I'm like, wait, hang on. I could have sworn there was a uh, like a like another sci-fi film that had a similar antagonist where it's like almost like an ooze shaped thing. And uh, what do you know? Uh, there was. Uh, do either of you remember trailers for that? Uh, movie that came out in 2017 called Life with Jake Gyllenhaal and uh, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I remember seeing shows that. I don't think I ever watched that movie, though. Yeah, and what I find interesting is that one also had, like, a uh, ooze sort of shaped and designed uh, alien life form. Um, however, something that I will give credit to Infinity is that it is so much more developed. It really is, and the the weirdest thing about the movie that that shocked me really is the fact that no one ends up really dying. No, because what because 
as you know, what happens in the movie is they, they all start killing each other so they could for the for this organism could find like the quote unquote like perfect host. It ends up being the last man standing essentially, and in defiance of this ooze-like creature, he you know sits in the infirmary. He makes a little recording, say, "Hey, you know, you this creature. I know you can hear me. You you, you communicated with us through our all of our negative emotions." and whatnot and you, you just pick the worst parts of us to really you know dis display you through and then he slices his wrist and he's, he's he, and, and, in, and in the end even despite all this he couldn't find a reason to hate those because it how could it know better you know oh, yeah. it's, still, it's still currently evolving and in mm -hmm. this in this last act it it, it kind of gets a sudden heel turn it's like it, it was almost like feels bad it's like you know maybe he's right you know maybe he had a point and then and brings them all back to life essentially because it can replicate any organ yeah and what i found interesting was that instead of taking away from its host it decided to give back to them uh mm -hmm. because of all the trouble it caused for them uh, literally uh causing them to uh, uh die essentially because of its uh, as wit describes it its uh selfish need to constantly dominate the surrounding organisms that it comes in contact with Kind of like humans. Yes. And I, wow, I didn't actually think about it like that. <laughs> I, I just thought of that. And I, another, I, I think I, I really, I thought it's almost like a mirror. Because as the humans learn about the creature, the creature also learns about humans. And I think that's, you know what? Mm. I think that's it's kind of cool, you know? As, oh, yeah, as, very as cool. simplistic as it is, it's, it's cool, bro. It's cool. But no, it, it's a lot deeper than I thought it would be. And it's just I don't know. It's just it's it's a perfect encapsulation of like good sci-fi with a low budget. You know, of course, people can probably do a lot more crazy shite with a couple million more dollars. But for its budget, I thought it was a very good film. I highly recommend. Yeah, I uh, I give a full recommendation for it as well. My only real gripe with it mm -hmm. was uh, I, I guess only in a few moments. It, it, it is not something that I would say about the film. Uh, as a whole, but there were moments where I'm like, uh, the editing was a little choppy <laughs> here and there. Yeah, I will. I will. <laughs> really choppy. Yeah. Uh, probably could have need a little more revisions. Uh, and the only other thing I had was that um, the design of the ship, uh, and and I don't think uh, the production team realized this until it was too late, or didn't even realize it at all. But uh, very clearly, it is trying to uh, harken back to the types of corridors and, uh, like, computer room designs of uh, Alien, or mm. Aliens, depending on, you know, which one you're talking about. And the thing about Alien and Aliens is that they were movies made at a time where sci-fi was completely dictated by, uh, oh, hey, here's our current technology, but even more futuristic and stuff like that. And the computers uh, that those films were using, uh, you don't see those anymore. Uh, the, the kind of computers that were used in those, uh, even in the future that you know those movies are set in, they would not be using those types of computers. Uh, you have not seen those for a while because they are essentially obsolete. And what happened was this movie was like, oh, let's look like Alien, and didn't take into the fact that uh, using the same computers that were in Alien, therein lies a problem. 
uh, and that problem being it unintentionally dated itself by trying to, uh, and maybe it wasn't uh, intentionally trying to homage Alien, but it was clearly hearkening back to that design style. I mean, I mean that's the curse of Alien. It was so good that everything it has to compare itself to Alien now. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's almost like to a certain degree a a uh, and also much less severe degree. Uh, I don't know if you even know of this movie, but uh, Johnny Mnemonic. I don't think I've, I don't think I've heard of that one. Yeah, it's a Keanu Reeves movie where uh, it's oh, also one of those things where it's like because of when it was made and how reliant it was with showing its technology, and because it was also a product of the eighties. <laughs> Uh, it has actually been noted as the most dated film based purely on the technology that it uh, it incorporates into its world and story. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, so Whoa. to a lesser degree, much less degree, um, you know, this movie kind of has a little inklings of that and really is the only problem I have with it. Getcha. Would you recommend Infinite, uh, Scotty Boy? Uh, maybe if, uh, you've not seen Alien, but yeah, I kind of agree with mm. what Ian was saying, where it kind of unintentionally, or maybe does intentionally, uh, homage Alien. I mean, every movie's, I think it's part of the, part of the, uh, prerequisite for getting a script for sci-fi movies. You gotta have something like <laughs> Alien. Yeah, but, but it's I, like the whole thing where, like, they run on binary as well. I don't know. Computers. Personally, binary, that's what I was getting at. Yeah, personally, I don't think it really dates the movie because it's it's set in its own kind of like, not necessarily stylistic, but it, it's its own um, it's its own little like sci-fi future. Like that's that's the thing they use because, it, like I said, the exhibition isn't really that great, so you don't get a good sense of it. But I feel like mm -hmm. that's just the kind of technology they use in the sense of like, that's what it looks like in their future. You know, that's that's the uh, that's the that's yeah. the cheap man's futuristic equipment it basically it's not like it's not like shiny and sheen like a like a uh um oh my god what's that space show that everyone star trek like a star trek kind of thing it's it's pragmatic they were going ah. for the space trucker feel and yes gotcha. unfortunately it, unfortunately aliens is a thing so <laughs> it, yeah. it already <laughs> it already did that and did it so well that it, it's hard to live up to that especially with a lower budget right so it wasn't really that much of a problem to me, but I do understand what you guys are getting at. Yeah. yeah. And frankly, uh, I don't even think most people, unless they are familiar, even slightly in computers, uh, I, I don't think it'll be a huge uh, detractor for most audiences. It's just something that uh, for someone who kind of pays attention to stuff like that, uh, it did kind of throw me off a little bit. But regardless, uh, it seems like this is a triple threat movie. It got all three of our recommendations. It would get four, I assume, from what James had to say, but as it's been uh, noted, uh, he's not here. But mm -hmm. uh, he had very similar things to say. All right. So, well, there we go. Uh, third episode completed. Infinity. Go watch it. Uh, last time I checked, uh, it at some point was moved from Netflix, but it is free to view with ads on uh, Amazon Prime video. Speaking of dystopian futures again, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> movies with ads. Good Lord. <laughs> Woo! 
thankfully the ads on Prime isn't terrible. You actually forget that there were any ads after a while, but you know. Fair enough. But All right. that has well, been our insightful moment. Indeed. And now we just go ahead and roll on to uh, just informing everybody what to expect next episode. Uh, we're going to be doing quite the beefy episode next time we uh, come on. Uh, for those who, uh, may not know, by the time of this recording, uh, more than likely, uh, it'll already be available for viewing, but we will be covering, uh, the Snyder Cut of Justice League, the version of a film that many believed did not even exist for a long time. As we slipstream ourselves into another dystopian future where... Men and women in tights are gods amongst us. <laughs> oh, indeed. Constantly causing everyone around them to be in fear because Except, it's Zack Snyder's universe. And there's, there's no space ooze to feel empathy because there is no empathy in this future. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, 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 I am excited and I, I will. I'm, what can I say? I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Because it's either going to be so bad that it's good, so bad that it's just bad, or or it's that one percent chance that this is the this this is it. This is the movie, the DC movie that we never got to see until now. Like, is that? I mean, good for Zack Snyder for getting his cut. Oh as we yeah, were it's good that he was able to realize his real vision. But before before we start getting into the next episode, before we actually start the next episode, we'll, we'll we should probably end it there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. Otherwise, we're gonna be here for a very long time. Well, until next time, everybody. Hope to see you there. Take care, God, and enjoy yourselves. Bye-bye. Godspeed. Bye bye. Bye.